Welcome to We The Podcast, the show about how people outside of the billionaire and millionaire class, you know, most of us, engage the economy. This week, We The Podcast took a field trip to the West Wing of the White House to talk to Cecilia Munoz, the director of the President's Domestic Policy Council. I met with Cecilia to talk about something We The Podcast has covered before, the diaper need. You might remember from our previous episode on diaper need that there are 5.3 million children under the age of three who live in poor and low-income families. Many of these families are unable to afford the most basic needs, including diapers. That means that they struggle to afford rent, transportation, childcare, and hygienic necessities. One of these necessities that low-income families often cannot afford are diapers. In fact, one in three American families cannot afford enough diapers for their children. Cecilia and I talked about the different effects diaper need has on families and why it's so important to empathize and take action on behalf of people who are trying to make ends meet and make their lives and the lives of their family a success. Luckily, the president agrees and feels the same way. He recently announced a White House initiative to address the diaper need, and Cecilia Munoz is leading that project. Cecilia Munoz, thank you for having us today. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you feel that the diaper need was critical for the White House to address? Well, so I lead the Domestic Policy Council here at the White House, and among the things we work on is economic opportunity, what, making sure that people at the bottom have what the president likes to refer to as ladders of opportunity to get to the middle class. So mm-hmm. we have a team here that tries to think creatively about uh, what kinds of policies we should be advancing, mm-hmm. either things that need to go through the Congress or also ways that we can move the needle for people on our own. So uh, the diaper gap became right. um, sort of visible to my team. This notion that too many families pay uh, a huge proportion of their incomes for diapers, um, and that that gets in the way of other things that they need, like being able to pay for childcare or transportation or, you know, other other priorities. And so we did two things. We um, d- we had a policy process. We developed a budget proposal. There's a proposal in the in President Obama's budget, sure, which would create a pilot project within the government to see if we can use the programs that we have that serve people at the bottom um, by addressing this need. But in addition to that, you know, the president's budget doesn't always go where we want it to go when it gets to the Congress of the United States, which I know you know well. I've noticed that. This is a phenomenon you're familiar with. Uh, And so um, we got creative. One of my colleagues, actually a couple of my colleagues, one of whom has a little kid, uh, was thinking about this and thinking about how he gets access to diapers, right? So a lot of us who are uh, doing okay financially have cars and can drive to big box stores and buy them by the case. That's what I used to do back in the dark ages when my kids were little. My colleague um, 
he gets uh, his family gets diapers by uh, ordering them from a service online, right? You pay a membership fee, and they come right to your door in bulk. Um, but that's something that you can do when you when you are relatively comfortably off. But for a lower income family, they're more likely to buy diapers at the corner store, right? Right? They're not necessarily going to a big box store or a discounter. And so as a result, they're paying sometimes twice as much for their diapers on an annual basis compared to the average family that's better off. So the average family pays almost 1000 bucks a year for diapers. Um, uh, well, the average low-income family pays almost 1000 bucks a year for diapers. The, uh, and other families pay half of that and, because and, they can go to big box stores because they can get them at a discount. And we know, you know, the poor pay more on so many things, whether it's money, like pay the lenders or... Or you know any any number of items you know in, in diapers is no different. It turns out it costs a lot to be poor in this country. That's right, and you know one of the real issues here that I don't think a lot of people know mm-hmm. is that um, uh, TANF doesn't cover diapers. That's right, TANF or the the food stamp program or the WIC program, which serves pregnant uh, women, infants, and children. Uh, and we need legislative authority to change those programs uh, in order to be able to provide diapers. So we so we got creative. Uh, and contacted one of the companies that um, people order from to get diapers and raised the issue, and they they took it on. They got creative as well and worked with one of their suppliers, and they figured out a way to take essentially the same diapers that folks are you know are buying by the case and having delivered, and package them differently so that the packaging was less expensive. Sure. Uh, and decided to make those diapers available um, to nonprofits, to diaper banks, uh, at cost. So typical family pays maybe 33 cents a diaper. A low-income family can pay as much as 50 cents a diaper. These diapers uh, that this company called Jet.com worked with a, a cuties company to, um, to develop and package cost about 13 cents a diaper. Oh, wow. And they're making them available to nonprofits at cost. So that means if you run a diaper bank, if you run a a food pantry, if you run some kind of nonprofit organization, you can get the diapers inexpensively and either, and make them available in some way, either by, you know, donating them or making them available to people at cost. You know, I have an intern, her name is Chanel, and she just works so hard. She's a mother of two. Uh, and uh, she actually is raising the child of her, of her friend uh, who can't do that. And she only gets about 400 bucks a month. She has to get, get to work on that. She has to get to school on that. She's working so hard to get through school. She's, she was studying nursing. Now she's studying business. She's interning at my office. And when I see this 23-year-old woman trying to raise her family and, you know, diapers cutting into her budget at such an enormous degree, I mean, it takes it from the macro right down to the pragmatic. That's exactly right. And to, for someone in that position, for any parent, to have to make a decision about, uh, you know, can I make this diaper last a little longer? Right. Or when a child needs to be changed, a child needs to be changed. Right. They got a way of letting you know, too. They sure do. And there can be health implications if you and the stress on a parent of worrying about that. And frankly, for someone who's trying to get ahead, who's trying to study, who's trying to work, who's trying to get to work, um, uh, you know, you, it, it's important for all of those resources to go towards the pathway to opportunity. So, you know, helping with the cost of diapers can be a really big help for a family with little kids. You know, you're a mother. Mm-hmm. I got two daughters, all grown now. Right. So, like, at one time they were in diapers. Mm-hmm. When you hear about the struggles of some of these young women and maybe even some young men, too, I mean, how does it make you feel? Well, you know, I think any parent can relate to that. But frankly, I was lucky in that I mm-hmm. never had to worry about running out. Right. 
And the thought of being in the position of worrying about running out or worrying about, look, if I have enough diapers, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, you know, pay some other bill. Uh, being a parent stressful enough. Being a parent and working, trying to get ahead is stressful enough. Um, and look, it's, it, it's not just altruism to make resources available to people who are working their way towards the middle class. Sure. We all have a stake in this. We mm-hmm. all um, need to be invested in each other's success. And the better we understand what the challenges are, the better we can you know, knock down those challenges, either through policy, which we're trying to do, right. or through innovating. I mean, what, what I love about this particular project is that good people, including people on my team, but also people in the private sector, and good people like yourself, put their heads together to figure out a solution, even if government wasn't going to get there quickly enough. And we're using the same technological tools that, you know, deliver a case of diapers to, to my colleague's door to make sure diapers available to somebody who can't afford them. You know, I, I asked you about this question of how, how, you, how you felt, because one of the research items that has emerged is that when a parent is faced with not enough diapers for their kid or can't afford those diapers, that this has an impact on, on even that parent's mental health. Of course. And, and one of the researchers that we had on a recent panel you know, said that this is a top driver of uh, even uh, postpartum depression. I can understand that. I mean, as a, as a parent, there's nothing more important than the well-being of your child. And the notion, the idea that you might not be able to keep your child safe or that you might not be able to provide everything that your child needs. Um, I mean, I have a physical reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, any parent would. Um, so that's, it's, uh, it's, it's important that especially people who are making policy or people who are trying to do good things for the world do our best to understand exactly what the barriers are, what the obstacles are. Um, there are way too many people in Washington where you and I sit and do our work mm-hmm. uh, who don't give enough thought to what it's really like, uh, who give, um, who you know, come up with ideas that are much more based on ideology than on just the practical implications of making sure we're doing what we can to help people not just get through their day but be able to become successful, to reach the point where you don't have to worry about something that so many of us take for granted like is there enough food on the table? Uh, do I have enough diapers to keep to diaper my child? You have this top job. You're advising the president, and you got a lot of great degrees and great credentials. But I, I like the idea that people across this country know that you empathize with them. Well, and look, I work for a man who empathizes mm-hmm. um, uh, with people all across this country who understands that he's everybody's president and who... Look, he's very demanding on his team. He expects us to come up with good ideas sure. and good policy proposals. He expects us to do everything we can to move the mountains that we need to move to make them happen, and we've been successful in doing that on a lot of fronts. Uh, but he also expects us to get creative. Look, he gets frustrated with the same obstacles that I suspect frustrate you. Oh, yeah. As a member of Congress. Um, and, and so what he is after is impact. Sure. However we can get there. Uh, and I have to say that's a pretty motivating thing for this team. Yeah. And, and I'm I, I, you know, we're looking at where we've got six months left in this administration, and I feel both proud of what we accom- what we've accomplished, uh, very aware of how much more there is to do. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about running through the tape here in this building. Sure. Um, by which the president means spending a- a- 
giving our utmost every single day all the way to January 20th, 2017. Yeah, you, got, you got a few more months. You're going to make all of them count? We're going to make them count, absolutely. So you mentioned health impacts on children who stay in diapers too long. Obviously, this is one of the things that stress moms. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. What can happen to the baby who doesn't get out of that diaper quick enough? Well, I have uh, experience with this, uh, hopefully not because we didn't change my daughter frequently enough, but I had a daughter with a, re- a urine reflux problem, mm-hmm. which we discovered before she could talk. Because she got a kidney infection. Right. My child was very sick. Mm-hmm. And if this had been in the days before antibiotics, my child would have died. Mm. Um, uh, we discovered this condition because she she had such a high fever, she was convulsing. Wow. Um, that's the kind of thing. <laughs> it, that's a terrible example, a terrifying example. But it's real. But it's real. You can end up with bladder infections and even kidney infections mm-hmm. as a result of not changing your child frequently enough. Yeah, not to mention rashes. Not and... to mention rashes. That's, that's absolutely right, which is un- uncomfortable for a child and unnecessary. That's sure. the thing. Um, that, that You know, there's some level there's like a perfect feedback mechanism. If you're not doing it often enough, you know, your child will let you know because they're uncomfortable. So, you know, one thing I've noticed is that um, sometimes when you get good public leadership, private sector jumps in and helps. Have you seen this? Absolutely. And this is, um, we've seen it over and over again, in a way, because we've had to get creative. We, we've managed, we were, we've been quite successful in getting important things through Congress, like the Affordable Care Act, for oh, example. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the fact that Congress is not as um, effective as we would like it to be um, has also forced us to get creative to look at what executive tools, what, what administrative tools the president has. Very which important. Using, but also what partnerships we can build so that we can make progress on the most important things, like a minimum wage, for right. example, where Congress hasn't acted on a, on a, at the federal level, but lots of communities around the country have, like paid family leave, where, sure. again, we haven't been able to get as far as we would like, or making a, uh, expanding access to child care. Or lead-free homes. There you go. I was on a call with uh, Secretary Castro. That's exactly they right. They just announced uh, an initiative to help the exactly. help the home, federally subsidized homes be lead-free. And that's the, with, lead safe. with authority that, that he has. Mm-hmm. We've made progress on uh, expanding access to early childhood education in right. 34 states because we took this conversation around the country, because we've been working with partners outside of government or state and local governments. So we've been able to make progress through getting creative, through through building lots of partners. And the, the diaper uh, program that got created, which is a private sector thing, it's sure. not a government program at all, is a great example. We took a problem to some people who we know sell diapers, and they got interested and engaged. And as a result, there's more than 700 locations around the country now where uh, people in need can get access to diapers or who are uh, organizations who are making those diapers available to people in need. And this is good sor- corporate citizenship, which I commend. But also, a lot of these moms, they're not always going to be poor. That's exactly and when, right. And folks like Chanel get their degrees and they start making some money. She's going to remember. She's going to remember that. That's and exactly it's going right. to be like, that company helped me. That's right. And and that, when she's a middle class person or, or, or even rich or whatever, that that's actually you can't buy that kind of goodwill, you know. Well, and frankly, you know, my kids are are grown, but I have friends with little kids, and mm-hmm. I mention uh, mention you know the company that's pu- pulled this together, and because these are people who care about their neighbors, they they also remember, even if they haven't had to use the service themselves. Well, you know, I I tell you, um, I think it's so important that we all Congress, the White House, everybody thinks about 
how to 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 help people like Chanel uh, meet her economic goals, her educational goals, her family goals, and get herself to a place of real financial security. That's exactly right. And it's look, it's not altruism, right? Right. Uh, Chanel and her life and her family is not a, a project for the rest of us. No, we need her to be successful. Uh, this so is so true. This is how we are successful uh, as a society. You know, Chanel is uh, looking at different things she's interested in. One of them is was nursing. Another one was business. But, you know, just thinking about, like, nurses, for example. Mm-hmm. If you invest in that young person to become that nurse, if they just do, like, cervical screenings, mm-hmm. that could be the difference between... That's life or death right there. Rest, life or death. But it's But it's also the difference between... Will grandma be at the graduation or not? Yeah. Will she be at the birthday party? Will she be there to comfort a daughter through a pregnancy? I mean, it's g- extending life. That's exactly now, right. Now, you, now if, if these folks are giving that kind of value to our society, should we invest in these people? Oh, of course. I mean, there's no question. And I, I have to say I'm proud to work for a president for whom there is no question um, uh, that these are investments that we make in each other in the way that he likes to say, look, people invested in him and in the first lady. You know, they're, they're, it was not predestined that they would end up uh, in the White House. People invested in them, made education available to them, made programs like the Pell Grants available so that they could get an education, so that they could be successful. And we as a country are reaping the benefits of that. My parents were immigrants. Um, they came as newlyweds from a quite a poor country. Uh, to Detroit, which is where I was born. The D. The D. (laughs) And, you know, the American dream was real for my parents. My dad worked in the auto industry. As a result, his four children went to college, his daughters as well as his sons. There you go. That's how I can be sitting in an office in the West Wing with you right now. Yeah. Uh, And and a lot of that is a result of investments we made as a country. We created the infrastructure to support that industry. Yeah, the highways. Exactly right. And And... That's that's what we do. That's how we led the economy in the in the in the world in the twentieth century. And if we're going to lead it in the world in the twenty first, we have to invest in each other, mm. in pathways to education, in pathways to good careers, in making sure every child coming up through our school systems is successful. We've we've made tremendous inroads in the last seven years in getting there, but there is more to do. It's important work. And so let me just say as we wrap up, because I know you're so busy, thanks for taking your time with us. Um, When you look back at your service as the domestic policy uh, advisor Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, how do you think you're going to look at your work on this, on addressing the diaper gap? I am already very proud of it, and I uh, expect to be tremendously proud Um, the, it is a small contribution in a way when you think about it relative to the scale of the Affordable Care Act where 20 million people have gotten health care coverage or financial reform where we have a whole agency now that's watching out for consumers that, FPD, just, yeah. that just made a very, very important move uh, to regulate payday lenders. Payday lending. Um, so th- there are accomplishments great and small, uh, substantive and symbolic. Um what I will be proud of is to have worked with a team that came in every single day, you know, for 14, 16 hours a day fighting for people um, who who need us and whose success is worth, so worth investing in. Now, my last question is something that I asked Chanel, which is, 
How important is it for the people who benefit from the work that you do to know about it and to be aware that it, these these pot, you know getting responsive leaders like yourself isn't just some sort of a good luck accident it's because people voted it's because people expressed their will and yeah. got out there and uh, skip part, the partisanship, but just the issues. The president talks about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's tremendously important for people to understand that the change that they seek, the things that they're frustrated with, that we're all frustrated with, are not these inevitable problems that can't be fixed. They can be if people engage. Um, that's how the president came to be in the White House. Um, and it is <clears throat> there's nothing that's beyond our reach. Mm-hmm. If if people stay engaged and, and some of the the messages that he is most passionate about is especially when he talks to younger people like Chanel. And by engaged, the by, president and you mean, he, mean what? Paying attention mm-hmm. and voting but and, yeah. and, and okay. finding a way to be a presence in their neighborhoods or sure. their schools yeah. or their whatever it is. The sense that what I do, my voice can make a difference. I can help. Be, build the kind of place that we are going to become. Mm-hmm. I have agency sure. in making that happen. I love the he, I love the use of that word. He agency. wants people to know that sure. and to believe it because it's true. That's that community organizer coming out, huh? Well, you know, I, it's funny. I started my career as a community organizer in Chicago at the same time as <laughs> wow. the president. I didn't know him then, but uh, there are a few of us around here. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this has been Celia Munoz, who is uh, top policy advisor, domestic policy advisor to President Obama. She's been leading efforts to the White House to uh, fix the diaper gap. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Imagine you're like Chanel, and you only get $400 a month to spend on food, housing, transportation, and other bills. The thing that most often falls through the cracks is something that your kids need every single day, several times a day, diapers. This could make you feel like a failure as a parent, even though you're doing everything you can and probably doing a good job. That crying baby, just because his diaper's dirty, just somehow can make you feel like you're not doing enough. You know, Eminem, a modern-day philosopher, he understood this struggle. Eminem says, all the pain inside amplified by the fact that I can't get by with my 9 to 5 and I can't provide the right type of life for my family because, man, these food stamps don't buy diapers. So check it out. So it's important that we learn to empathize with folks going through this struggle. And even if it's hard for you to put yourself in someone else's shoes, we should remember what being an American is all about, investing in each other's well-being, and particularly in the futures of those struggling to get by, like Chanel, who's working hard every day to make it for her family and her young baby. We have members of Congress who grew up in poverty and a president from the south side of Chicago, who as a community organizer witnessed people struggling to get by with the help of programs like SNAP, public housing, and Pell Grants. A single mom who needs a little help to put clean diapers on her child could be the next member of Congress from Minnesota's 5th District. Heck, she could be the president. You know, as Americans, giving someone a hand up isn't a bad thing. It's all of our responsibility to do our part so that everyone, regardless of the neighborhood you live in 
or the color of your skin has a fair shot at success. Thanks to people like Cecilia Munoz and thousands of others in government and the nonprofit world and the private sector and the folks who vote, we have a chance to solve this awful problem. We have a shot at making sure that no family in America is unable to take care of their children. Finally, for all of you listeners who work with nonprofits, any nonprofit, no matter what social service it provides, can apply to participate in the White House initiative to end the diaper gap by visiting jet.com slash jetcares and click on nonprofits apply now. For We The Podcast, this is Keith Ellison. See you next time. Hey there, we need you to do us a little favor. Head over to the We The Podcast on iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe. This episode of We The Podcast was produced by Abby Shanfield, Brett Morrow, and Isaiah Breen. And special thanks to Cecilia Munoz and the big guy, President Obama. <laughs>